I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in the galaxy, welcoming you to your weekly Nerd Alert. Uh, We took a week off, so we hope you miss us, uh, because we're back bringing you another installment of our semi-regularly recurring segment, State of the Franchise. But before I get into what franchise we're breaking apart today, let me introduce the rest of the crew, the people who are here to help you break down whatever it is we're talking about today. First of all, the man who keeps the nerd and talk nerdy to me, the... I always think of these at the last minute. I should really do my homework on these. The uh, Mad-Eye Moody of the crew, Commander Scott. Well, at least I get to be Mad-Eye Moody. Which, yeah, is a great character. I love Best character in the entire movie, entire <laughs> franchise. So, um, just because I have to keep the nerd and talk nerdy to me, uh, and nerd alert, uh, everybody's aware of what black holes are, correct? We, we know what a black hole is, right? Yeah. There's so many bad jokes I can make, but... Yes. Okay, no jokes. Yes. The actual stellar phenomenon. Um, yeah, they're 1980 movies. Oh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> hey, it's a good movie. Um, so anyway, there's a, there is a black hole at the center of our galaxy, uh, which has been designated, um, uh, I can't remember something, a star and I can't remember. Anyway, it's, it's actually known as a supermassive black hole because it's one of the biggies. It's right at the center of our galaxy. But I found out this, uh, this past week or so that there's actually now two categories above supermassive. Oh boy! Holes. Two categories. Can I? Can I please guess? <clears throat> sure. Uh, in keeping with the uh, Power Rangers naming scheme, is one the super mega black hole? No. Oh. <laughs> Keep in mind these are named by astronomers who are probably okay. Yeah. okay. <clears throat> I got it. I got it. I got okay. it. Go for it. Is one the mega ultra zord? I mean mega ultra black hole. Um, no, Damn it. but, but you're, you're a little closer on that one, but that's okay. You failed uh, me, Power Rangers. So <laughs> prepare so, me for anything in life. So a supermassive black hole is about 10 billion times the mass of our sun. Okay. A lot. The next category up, which is, but which is above between 10 and a hundred billion times the mass of our sun is an ultra massive black hole. Uh. 
above that. Ultra, Ultra Magnus Black Hole? That's what I heard. Yes, the Ultra Magnus. Uh, and they're all voiced by Robert Stack. Uh, <laughs> um, but there is even a category now above that, because I believe it, it one has been identified at least, which is over 100 billion times massive than our sun. And that is, it has been named collectively by the uh, astronomical or astronomical, whatever you want to call it, community, a stupendously large black hole. And I'm not. <laughs> so you've now got massive black holes, ultra massive black holes, and then for some odd reason we went to stupendously large black holes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a couple of guys from Jersey. How big is that black hole? It's stupid big. It is a stupid big black hole. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 that that piqued my interest here recently. God, the the New wicked Jersey huge. That black hole is wicked huge, yo. It's Dude, a, that, you see that thing? That thing is stupid big. It's so stupid big. Look at the it's size so, of that fucking thing. It's so big. Tom Brady could fit six of his seven Super Bowl rings in it. Oh. Wow, Patriots, uh, right? That's just, just yeah, you you went Boston, I went Jersey. That's uh, anyway. totally went. My bad. Sports ball. All right then. Thank you, Scott, for making us all aware of the Ultra Magnus black holes. <clears throat> now we all know how to rate our black holes. Yep. Important safety tip. Thanks, you got. Rounding out this cast, this motley crew, we have, let's see, he's big, he's tall, he loves animals, he's got a killer beard, he's definitely the Hagrid of this, uh, whatever we are, <clears throat> coming to us from somewhere in time and space via his time turner, ah, I'm dropping wicked hints for what we're doing today, it's the Doc. You're a wizard, Harry. See? Perfect. I even gave you a hang. It's a Hagrid line. <clears throat> nice. Uh, yeah. Do you guys know it's cold out? Compared to uh, what? Uh, degrees are positive. It's fine. It was four degrees. <laughs> On Monday, it was negative 40 degrees with the wind chill in yeah, see, Iowa. It was only four here, so we're fine. It's all good. Yeah. They actually closed school because of the cold, not for the uh, safety of the students, but because they couldn't start the diesel school buses. I miss those days. Uh, real Good winter. Time. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, with me, rounded out, that makes this whole whatever we are, uh, this school for wizarding morons, that is nerd alert. And if you haven't picked up on my super subtle hints, today we're going to break down and give you a State of the Franchise episode. This is your first State of the Franchise. Don't worry. It's okay. We're going to be talking about the Harry Potter franchise all day today, and specifically the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, as it's now been redubbed, because um, it includes more than just those core stories. We're going to talk about what we've gotten in recent years, what's coming down the pipeline, and what do we as fans want to see from the franchise, and probably a whole bunch of other random stuff, because it's us, and that's just how the show rolls. So, with all that, 
Let's talk about what we've gotten so far. And I will keep this, attempt to keep this as as we... The thing that kicked all this off, obviously, were the Harry Potter novels, which I believe were first published in like the late 90s in uh, the UK and didn't come to the States until closer to the 2000s. But the books sold like gangbusters and kids loved them and anything that gets kids to read again is instantly marketable. Look at the goosebumps. Uh, so... Warner Brothers licenses it. We get a bunch of movies from 2001 to, what was it, like 2012 or something like that. Forever freaking long. Uh, Eight total movies were released uh, before we get too far along. Everyone's thoughts on the Harry Potter film universe, those first movies. We sort of touched on this a few weeks back when we talked about our our fantasy uh, movie episode. But... uh, Yeah. Jay, I know you have an interesting uh, experience with your your, your, your your Harry Potter fandom came in a, in a roundabout way. Yeah, I, I hadn't actually seen. I had seen one. I saw um, the first one, uh, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, if you're in England. But anyway... Uh, I had seen that actually at your house while visiting with Bob, a mutual friend of ours. Um, and I was like, eh, you know, it doesn't really, you know, pique my interest. But then last year, about this time, well, actually about a month from now will be a year ago when schools shut down in Iowa. So I had a lot of free time on my hands. Um, so I borrowed all the Harry Potter movies from a friend of mine and binge watched them all in a row while schools were shut down Uh, and slowly came to the realization that they were were actually pretty awesome and that I enjoyed them thoroughly. And uh, yeah, just kind of popped up and then I borrowed the books. And then of course I took the quiz to see what house I was in and then Mm -hmm. started looking at wands well, that's what happens to all of us. You know, you hit a certain age, hair starts coming to weird places. You start thinking about girls. Start playing with your wand. <laughs> Wait, what topic are we on again? <laughs> Scott, uh, you want to give us uh, take 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 the temperature on your Harry Potter fandom level? My level? How big of a Harry Potter nerd are you? Uh, you know, I don't know uh, how how big of a Harry Potter nerd that I am. I mean, so I first read, uh, I, I started out by reading the books. Uh, a friend of mine gave me book one back in 90, either 98 or 99, something like that. I forget when, maybe 2000. Um, it was the first book that I ever read cover to cover in one session. With with no no stopping, I just sat down and read it. It took me about four and a half hours. It is a children's book, and it's a smaller. It wasn't. They they definitely got bigger as they went, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So I read all the books, and I mean, as soon as soon as I was done that one, I immediately started the second one, and then I just I just read until I caught up with what was released at the time. Uh, so I loved the books. And then, of course, uh, I, I I went to the theater to see every movie that came out. Um, I, I like the movies. I prefer the books. But only insofar as, and I've said this before, the, the movies 
because of time constraints, have to cut out so much of the world building that's in the novels. You know, so much of the stuff that I loved mm-hmm. about the world, mm-hmm. they had to cut out the movies because time constraints. You just, you just couldn't do it. Um, I remember being particularly pissed when I saw the second movie because they cut out the part about denoming the garden. And I was really looking forward to seeing them denoming the garden. I love that part. Um, so yeah, I read all the books, saw the movies. Um, I, I own them all on Blu-ray. Uh, I played the, uh, the Harry Potter, uh, collectible card game back in the day when it, when it came out at the, the height of, uh, CCGs where you, you couldn't throw, you couldn't throw a stone without hitting a damn CCG somewhere in a, in a game store. There were so many of them. Um, uh, the only one that I haven't played yet, and I really want to, uh, I want to get the, uh, the 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 deck building game that's out. I've heard good stuff about it. So I don't have a wand. Uh, I don't do a Harry Potter cosplay. I've never taken a test to see what house I'm in because I always put myself in Ravenclaw. Um, screw the sorting hat. I know where I belong. Um, and, uh, if I was going to get a wand, it would be Mad-Eye Moody's because he is just awesome. Fair enough. So I, I don't uh, know. Level no, 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 no. That's, yeah, I'm basically, I'm just looking for, for a baseline is, is the word I could not think of, of, uh, where we're all at as far as our Harry Potter fandom. Uh, I came in this franchise from a very weird angle. Um, through high school and college, I went and saw the movies, never read the books. I was very anti Harry Potter. I was very, this is dumb. Everyone, I, I was in the, you know, when you're a teenager and you get the, everyone's a contrarian about at least one thing when you're a teenager, you, you hate it just because everyone else loves it so much. Uh, so I used to annoy my mom and my sister, by just pointing out how much JK Rowling just, you know, ripped off Tolkien and, you know. Uh, Star Wars and stuff like that, you know, because those didn't steal or borrow from anything else. <clears throat> ah, but uh, so I was very, yeah, this is dumb, this is stupid, whatever. And then my wife on our honeymoon uh, took me to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Orlando, um, which is a really long name. She just called it Harry Potter World. Anyway, um, and the moment we stepped into uh, it was Hogsmeade at the time. They hadn't built uh, Diagon Alley yet. Uh, about an hour afterwards, I was a pretty diehard Potter fan. It was just awesome. Um, if you've never been and you're a Harry Potter fan of any level, go. It's awesome. You'll love it. It is literally like walking into the world of Harry Potter. And I, I don't mean that in like the, oh, there's stuff there. But like, no, like exact recreations of locations from the film and and not just locations, but every every employee is in character. Uh, all the drinks and stuff are like you will not find a can of Pepsi anywhere in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, you'll find you know um, giggle water and butter beer and other you know random Wizarding World concoctions, but no soda. Uh, it does like that level of uh, intensity. And uh, so we came home with um, my first two wands and my. Uh, Gryffindor uh, robe because um, that's how hard I got bit by the Harry Potter bug and uh, I, I've since kind of come around on that I've read a few of the books I won't lie and say I read all of them um, but yeah uh, that's uh, I'm uh, I'm in a weird level of fandom uh, I mostly love it because the theme park is awesome <laughs> so that's where I'm at <clears throat> uh, 
Um, but so that being said, now you've kind of got a gauge of where all three of us are coming for a Harry Potter fandom. I know we didn't really talk about the movies much here, but uh, we'll we'll jump into that now. So the initial Harry Potter films, by and large, pretty good movies. Uh, you've got a few hits and misses throughout the series, but uh, it's it's one of those things where they kept churning them out every couple of years, and they kept making money, launched careers of a bunch of actors, kind of revitalized some careers for some older actors. Any prominent British actor somewhere shows up in a role, uh, you know, they're, they are what they are. They are the, the Reader's Digest version of the books. You know, They're not all of everything in the book is not in the movie. But uh, it, it's a good primer, I guess I would say. If you enjoy the movies, definitely go check out the books because there's just more to fall in love with. I do remember as I was reading the books uh, when I finished uh, the first time I when I when I finished Prisoner of uh, Azkaban, <clears throat> which I think probably may have been one of my favorite books in the series, but I remember being completely upset with myself and disgusted at the same time that uh, upon discovering uh, I'm going to put some spoilers out here just so you know uh, the pun <clears throat> excuse me the pun that was Professor Lupin's name and the fact that I did not catch it. Until it was revealed. Uh, was so- <laughs> I'm like, really? Professor Lupin is a Lupinoid? Really? Really? Going with that? Okay, fine. Fuck it. Damn it. It was right there the whole time. He even uh, had underlined. <laughs> uh, uh, also, uh, uh, speaking of the movies, I, I found something uh, quite interesting. This is completely sort of accidental, or not accidental, but coincidental. Because right before the podcast, uh, I was uh, I was browsing like the the hip kids do the the TikToks videos, you know, the TikToks uh, on, on my feed. Uh, one of the, one of the people God. that I follow that does uh, prop history did a video on the shooting model for uh, Hogwarts, uh, and the fact that it's it's like fifty feet across. Uh, it has 200, or I'm sorry, 2,500 fiber optic lights to simulate lanterns and students moving through the hallways. All the doors in this model work. There are even owls in the owl, 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 owlery. The, the, the owlery. The aviary. Um, the aviary. The aviary. Thank you. Um, there are owls in in that. It is how detailed that this model was. Um, it's on display uh, at uh, MGM uh, in London, I believe. <clears throat> so you can go see it. Um, uh, it's got a day and night cycle uh, in the room that it, it's kept in for visitors. So depending on you know what time of day you go or uh, as, as you go through, you can you can see it you know lit during the day or sometimes it'll be at night. Um, and uh, uh, it uh, I think it said. Uh, the total time of all the artists, because it took like a year to build, but the total time, total time of all artists and crew member working on it added up to like seventy some odd years of work went into the shooting model because it's at one twenty four scale, and it's just it's actually a beautiful model. That is one thing I have to give credit to the original Harry Potter series about is it's and it, it mostly comes down to the time when those films were made. But there's a lot of old school Hollywood movie making in those original movies. Um, 
not so much in the newer ones, but we'll get to that. Um, so, like, yeah, like the fact that Hogwarts was physically built as a, and we use the term miniature very, very loosely here. Uh, it's sort of like the, the Lord of the Rings bigotures. Like, yeah, it's it's not a full size castle, but you know, it's ginormous. Um, that kind of you know, it's it's large enough we can film a put a camera through it and, and it'll look real size. Um, a lot of uh, old school Hollywood movie making in those original movies, uh, which to me always holds up better than in even the best, most expensive CGI. Uh, but again, getting a little ahead of myself. So, uh, um, anything? Yeah, go ahead, Jay. I was just going to say that the, the hardest part for me was getting past the first two movies uh, because they are made for a younger crowd. And the first time that I saw... The first one, I just was not into it. I mean, I was a junior in high school. I'm like, I'm way above this. But ironically, we also went to go see Lilo and Stitch um, at the same time. So that's kind of I'm sorry, what's, what's childish about an escaped alien experiment with four arms and laser cannons uh, wreaking havoc on Earth? I don't, I don't see what's childish about that. Anyway... <laughs> So also once I got, singing Elvis songs. Sorry. Yeah. Well, once I got through the first two on my binge watching of them, I was like, okay, all right, I can get behind this. And it just once it kind of turned the corner of, uh, from like little kid movie to a little darker and um, a little more serious tone, I was like, okay, I'm definitely behind these movies. So. I'd say my biggest turning point was uh, three is Prisoner of Azkaban. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Three was like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, everyone says that. I'm not a huge fan of three. I don't get the love for three. Uh, I really enjoyed the first two. For me, the hardest part, if you're watching all of them, is getting through... Uh, movie seven and uh, no, sorry, movies six and seven because they broke the last book into two movies because those are just boring as hell and they're nothing but build up to the last movie, which is the second act, well, second and third act of what should have been one movie. But yeah, that's just the breaking up the last book into two movies was fucking stupid. Uh, they should just put out one big end game style three hour movie. Because no one enjoys watching part one of Deathly Hallows. It is all just act one and act two of a story. Yep. That's why, that's why when people say, yeah, my favorite one's Deathly Hallows part two. I'm like, oh, so you enjoyed act three of the whole series. Wow. Like, no shit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, oh, I remember, go ahead, Scott. I remember, I remember reading Deathly Hallows, and uh, it was a slog to get through the first half of that book. With all the stuff that ultimately became uh the the first the, the first movie of the two part uh, whatever number that is um but yeah the first half of that book is just as boring as that movie cuz it's li- literally <clears throat> just them just tromping around the woods bitching at each other or like you know yep it, it's it's harry potter does um uh blair witch project <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, that's uh, you're right. <clears throat> totally right. Um, but that, 
I wouldn't say I have love for the third movie. I'm just saying that was my turning point. And the one I love is Goblet of Fire. But we, we talked about that. Um, but yeah, Goblet of Fire is definitely my favorite. Ah, that's a good one. Them. <clears throat> no, I think that when they're slightly more episodic, when, when every movie is more or less its own contained storyline and maybe we build her a little bit towards like an overarching theme, I think the series works better. I think the the last three movies uh, really are just build up uh, or the last two movies are just build up to the third movie, which is the final payoff of everything. And it's, it just feels really drawn out and boring and it's not helped at all by uh, the director for the last several movies. Uh, David Yates, who just has this really, really, really boring color palette that he loves to put in everything. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and use that as the springboard for talking about, because this segment is supposed to be what we've gotten. So, Moving things along a bit, Harry Potter, eight movies, made all the money, um, won none of the awards, uh, but it was it was huge. It was a franchise that it went on so long that people literally grew up while watching these movies. So the last film was a big thing for a lot of people because it was it was you know their childhood and they were coming out of their childhood and now this thing was ending that had always been a part of their childhood. It was a big thing and it's a generational thing, you know, parents. Uh, it, parents who were kids then are now introducing their kids to it. It's kind of that Star Wars generational thing. So never to let a dollar go unearned uh, or on, you know, no dead horse left unkicked. Uh, the studio uh, racked their brains over. How can we keep this thing alive? And uh, honestly, uh, like you said, Scott, there's so much amazing world building in the novels. It really shouldn't have been that hard of a thing to do to come up with some cool properties set within what they've now called the wizarding world uh, short for wizarding world of Harry Potter. Uh, Cause there's so much to do and see and experience in this universe. There's a lot of great world building. So what we got was <laughs> fantastic beasts and where to find them. Now, I don't mind these movies. I, I know you have a different opinion and it's fine, but I, I, they're period pieces I love the fact that they weren't set after the Harry Potter stuff. They were set, um, uh, they were set, you know, way before because it told some of the history of the world. Um, uh, I, I like them. Uh, I, I know they may have some flaws, but I, I'm okay with them. I, I love uh, uh, the old dude's performance, the guy that played uh, Stephen Hawking, because um, I can't remember his actual name. Uh, Redmayne, right? Redmayne, Red. Red hair. Eddie, Redmayne. Eddie Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, there we go. Newt Scamander. So, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I like these movies. I, I, I've got them on. I've got them on Steelbook. So I like that. Jay, your thoughts on Fantastic Beasts? So I have actually not yet seen either of them. You but... had two weeks. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I this might come as a shock, but I do have other duties that I have to do other than watch you movies. Said, but you said duty, yeah. Two weeks, man. Two weeks. Okay, look, I know enough about these movies because you hear about them, and you know you've I've read things, but. Uh, 
right. I'll make this quick then. Uh, <clears throat> I'll try to make this quick. I rewatched both movies before we did the show because I hadn't seen them in a while. And uh, to Scott's point, maybe I was being unfairly harsh to them the first time around. Let me give them a second watch. Uh, before we jump into this, some numbers, some stats for you. Uh, so Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the first movie, uh, has a Rotten Tomato score, 74 uh, critic score, 79 user score. Not terrible, not great. Uh, made $814 million worldwide on a budget of $180 million. That's pretty damn good. Um, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grin- Grindelwald. Who the- that just rolls off the tongue. Rotten Tomato critic score, 36. User score, 54. $655 million on a budget of $200 million. And the third installment is currently in production, but I'll get to that more later. So with those numbers in mind, here's why Fantastic Beasts fucking sucks. The first movie. I'm just going to tackle the first movie. The idea of taking Newt Scamander, a character we don't really know about, because in the world of Harry Potter, this book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, is is a textbook required for first-year Hogwarts students. It's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a book within the book kind of thing. So taking the idea, like Scott said, of studying this decades before the events of Harry Potter, um, good idea, I like that, cool. And then taking a minor, not even really character, just, just like a minor thing, from the uh, uh, an ancillary world-building thing and fleshing that out. Okay, so when I say the title, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, it's, it's set within the wizarding world of Harry Potter. What comes to your mind? Okay, this guy, Newt Scamander, who ends up writing a book about Fantastic Beasts and where you can go to find them. Oh, I, I imagine this is sort of like a uh, Indiana Jones-esque wizard travel log movie where he's traveling all over the world looking for fantastic beasts and writing down where to find them uh, and how to like tame them or control them or whatnot. And then, then maybe there's like a MacGuffin animal he's after and some bad guys are after it. Like, okay, that sounds like it kind of writes itself, right? Like none of that is a big stretch for the logic or imagination, right? Not to interject, John, but also that is definitely what the trailers portrayed it as. Yeah, so the movie we get from the very start, he's already caught all the Fantastic Beasts. He's already got them in his Pokeball. I mean, a suitcase. Uh, they're already there. He's already found them all. He's just uh, making a weird stop in New York on his way back home to London. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, okay. So our story from this point has fuck all to do with Newt Scamander and his Fantastic Beasts. The movie is about Grindelwald, who is the evil wizard before he who shall not be named, uh, who who led uh, an uprising and started the 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 Wizard War, which happened to coincide with World War Two. Uh, all cool things, not necessarily. You know, hey. That that you could make a movie of that, sure, fine, cool, okay, I'm I'm down with that. Uh, but this movie is three different stories that in no way, shape, or form ever come together, except in the end when they force them all together for no reason. 
this is the story of the girl of the giant river drama. Sorry, uh, this is the story of of Newt having awkward, random bad luck. Of he keeps getting stopped by bureaucracy while he's trying to get home, um, and and uh, uh, gets his suitcase mixed up with people, uh, a bunch of trite ideas like that. And then it's the story of. Everyone's looking for Grindelwald, and where is he? Ah, where would happen to Grindelwald? And then it's also the story of Ezra Miller's here for some reason, uh, and he's he's weird. There there was more to that storyline, but what I took away from that in my notes right here is Ezra Miller is here and he's weird is what I have written down verbatim. Uh, <laughs> hold on, um, yeah. check out. The whole second Salem storyline, which really goes nowhere. Um, sorry, there's just so much, just so much for me that I hate this movie on. Um, the, the, the it's it's once again directed by David Yates, who at this point has now directed sixty three percent of the Harry Potter movies. Uh, who brings that same bland color palette? Everyone in this story is dressed in some tone of gray, blue green or brown and that's it those are the only colors that exist in this entire world uh every shot looks desaturated like it's a fucking uh uh, saving private ryan world war ii movie it's boring as shit to look at just pick a random frame of this movie it's gonna be boring as shit to look at uh we we get introduced to the magical wonderful wizard world right because that's what we love about the harry potter world right is is we learn that underneath the real world we live in there's this whole magical world of cool places like diagon alley and hogwarts and and all these cool places well in this movie you get to learn about the american ministry of magic doesn't that sound cool what does the American Ministry of Magic have in it? What kind of is it like the Room of Acquirement, or is, or or uh, uh, the the cool um, um, what do you call it? feasting hall with the floating candles? No, kids, you get the Wizard Execution Chamber because that's a thing for a kids movie. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, the, the bigger problem I have with this is uh, the more you expand the world of wizards, the less everything makes sense. These these creatures that that uh, he was supposed to supposedly out collecting all exist out in the world in the wild somewhere, but no one's ever seen them except wizards. H- how do we pull that trick off? Are we just uh, uh, men in black uh, memory messer upper spelling everybody? There's a, I forget what the spell is called, but there's like the erase memory spell, which apparently doesn't work, but that's the second movie. Um, the, the whole problem is, hold on. Uh, Harry Potter's fun because we learn this whole other world that exists just outside of our own. Um, and as Harry learns, so Harry in the original stories doesn't know about the world. So he is sort of our, our conduit. To, as he learns about stuff, we learn about stuff. In this movie, everyone just already knows about it. So we're trying to play catch-up with stupid shit like, oh, what's a no-match? Really, Newt? You couldn't put together what no-match means? Oh, we call it the Muggles where I come from. Oh, okay, wow. I'm so glad we dedicated time in this two-and-a-half-hour movie to that. Glad we cleared that up, guys. Um, you, you, you get Newt, who was the most boring character I think they've ever made up. Did... D- Define me what are Newt's characteristics. He's quirky. And he's British. 
I watched him for two hours. That's all I got. He's quirky and he's British. His his hair's funny. Oh, there you go. Well, that I mean it's quirky. So there you go. Still two, two defining characteristics. He's quirky and he's British. That's it. He gets no character development. He has no plot arc at all. He learns no lessons. He really, in the end, contributes fuck all to the plot of the movie. Because, again, it's not about Newt. It's about Grindelwald. And I'll even go ahead and I'll say something nice. I fucking love the casting of uh, Colin Farrell as uh, Graves, the bad guy in this, who's the the American horror cop detective, whatever they call him, an American thing. Uh, He plays a great villain. And I was so excited because uh, he happens to have the same fucking haircut as Grindelwald at the beginning of the movie when they were gonna like, oh, here we go, we'll finally reveal that he was Grindelwald the whole time, and it, he was, sort of, because then we get the third act reveal of, oh, look, it's Grindelwald, and Grindelwald is really Johnny Depp, yay, Johnny Depp, in pale face, white hair, makeup, yay. Wait, were you watching The Lone Ranger? No. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> I also wasn't watching um, uh, Willy Wonka. Edward with Scissorhands. Yeah. Or Edward Scissorhands, yeah. I know, there's a chart of Johnny Depp in Whiteface, or Paleface. Uh, um, sorry, I've got... Well, the other thing that frustrates me with this movie is we keep getting, they keep dropping hints of things Newt's done and seen in places he's been. Every single one of these sounds like a cooler movie than the one we got. So, hold on. Uh, he... The... the I can't read my handwriting. Right. There's a bird thing he found in... The thing he's trying to release in Arizona. He found that in Egypt, where he rescued it from a bunch of um, um, uh, poachers. That sounds like a fun story. Give me that. Uh, he uh, uh, found an obscurial. The the whole big uh, suppress your magic and it for, turn into the cloud monster from Lost thing. He found an obscurial in New Guinea and it turned out to be a little girl. That sounds like an interesting story. Uh, he served during World War One, where he trained dragons. That sounds like a much cooler story than the one I'm getting right now. Yeah, nice. Uh, I worked mostly with dragons in the Ukrainian. Yeah, uh, that'd be that'd be much cooler, much cooler story than what we're getting right now. Yeah, kicked out of Hogwarts because of an incident. Okay, give me that story. Like they keep dropping hints about like his his crazy past and all the things he's done and said, and we don't see any of them, which gets to the really the heart of of my issue with this movie. Besides the boring ass direction and boring ass cinematography, is J.K. Rowling cannot write a screenplay. She writes a great novel. I will give her that. She writes a great novel. She does a great job with world building, but you can't take those skills in writing a novel and put them into a movie. You can't do shit like that. It's a movie. The golden rule is show, don't tell. And you just keep telling me all this cool stuff while you're showing me nothing. Are we at four hours yet? I'm sorry. I'll get off my last one. This has been. I'm not a fan of Fantastic Beasts. This has been anti Fantastic Beast rants with Obi Wan. And that was just the first movie. You know, I think I think after the show, I'm going to go watch uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them.
<clears throat> yep, pop that right no, in. It's, it's there's so many stories that would have been because again when they announced this property, I was like, well, that sounds cool. There'd be lots of cool stuff you could do with that. And then the movie we got, I'm like, this no one wanted this. No one wanted to see this. Nothing you're giving us is on the level of the great, amazing, creative stuff you gave us in the Harry Potter world. It's all just, and this is the biggest the problem is, is when this started, they knew it was going to be a series. So J.K. Rowling, who was a terrible screenwriter, had carte blanche to just, oh, well, we'll pay that off in the next movie. Oh, we'll pay that off in the next movie. Well, here's the problem with that. This movie ties itself up. And I, I mean that almost as a compliment. This movie is a very, as dumb as the story and boring as the story is, it's a self-contained story. It has a beginning, kind of a middle and an end. Everything kind of gets wrapped up. Uh, we have the whole um, uh, magic Thunderbird uh, rain cloud memory erase thing um, where, uh, I forget his name, the, uh, the New York Baker dude steps out and gets his memories erased and we cover up all the crimes and Grindelwald gets arrested and Newt goes off to London and he has the weird uh, uh, flirty relationship with uh, the the American cop lady who, even though they're adults, they flirt like they're 12 year olds because that's as much as Rowling knows how to write for relationships, Um, which isn't as dumb as the entire reason they're not together in the second movie is because she misread an article about his brother getting engaged. I'm not making that up. That's a plot point. Um, so like the movie wraps itself up, like it, it's kind of a contained movie already. And then the se- the problem is there's a second movie. Oh, well, what do we do now? I don't know. Let's just retcon everything because the second movie just retcons everything from the first movie. Jacob remembers everything. Um, uh, Ezra Miller is still alive somehow. The whole thing about is the obscurial smoke monster, and at the end, all the wizards come in and destroy it. And and Newt was sad about it, and Grindelwald's mad because it was power and he wanted to use it, and it's destroyed now. Oh no, wait, not really. He's still alive. Oh wow, I wonder how he survived. Yeah, we all do because there's no explanation in the movie. <laughs> Not even to mention the whole Dumbledore has a brother bullshit thing they pull out in the last 30 seconds. But that's Johnny Depp playing a fucking cartoon villain is, is the... It's, 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 sorry, I'm going to throw my notes away because the more I read, the more I get mad. I hate these movies. I fucking hate these movies. They have uh, drained all the fun out of the Harry Potter world. Like, the second movie has a circus. I said to you, Jay, hey, in the second movie, we're going to see a, 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 a Wizarding World Magical Circus. Sounds cool, right? Yeah. Well, what if I told you in that, that circus, you're going to find out that there's a lady who turns into a snake? And what if I told you that lady is really Nagini? Oh, okay. So that big triumphant moment in the last movie when, uh, 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 what's his face, Awkward Teeth uh, Wizard Kid... Uh, cuts off Nagini's head and, and the audience cheers because it's the last Horcrux and yay, now we can defeat Voldemort. Well, that's really a sad moment because that was just a lady who got stuck, turned into a snake. Um, Thanks, well, J.K. Rowling. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I got nothing either. I, I don't know. Uh 
look, if you enjoy these, please let me know why. Because I fucking hate these movies uh, from so many standpoints. From a fan of the Wizarding World, I feel like there's just a lot of wasted potential. The way the movies themselves are made, I feel it's just boring as shit. I feel like David Yates has just been on autopilot the last several movies because they all look, feel, and sound the same. Uh, all I can really say is I like them because the you know um, the, they're period pieces and the main character is quirky and British. Well, <laughs> hey, set your bar low. Uh, anything's fine. You know, I, I went into these movies uh, expecting nothing. I saw no trailers. I had no expectations. Uh, I laughed at the parts that were supposed to be funny, or at least chuckled. That's as much of a laugh as you're going to get out of me. Um, um, Did you cry at the parts that were sad? No, because I don't cry at anything. Oh. Yeah. Now, there, there's only been like two or three like movies and books and stuff that have been remotely brought me close to uh, a cry moment. Um, not not fully cry, just like a choke up moment. Um, and there has never once ever been a piece of music that has elicited an emotional response from me. Ever. Because I, I have, but that's person. a different story. <laughs> so, um, now I, I will say this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tangent off of uh, Fantastic Beasts real quick because we've been on this for a while. That's okay. Right. Uh, that's okay. We have rants. Rants are fun. Uh, uh, the Harry Potter movie series has given me the uh, the actress actor whatever you want to call them that I most definitely would love to meet like top of the list right now of, of actors and actresses I would love to meet uh, I don't know if they do the convention circuit I don't think they do but if they ever did and we could get them I really 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 want to meet uh, uh, Imelda Staunton uh, I think it's how you pronounce her name. The actress that portrayed Dolores Umbridge. I want oh, to God. Her, I want to talk to her. I want to shake her hand. Because this woman did a fantabulous performance as Dolores Umbridge. I remember reading the books. And as I read the books, I hated Dolores Umbridge. I wanted to reach into the book and just throttle this character to within an inch of her life. And then I saw her on screen. And it elicited the same hate from me. Uh, I just I wanted to reach through the screen and just throttle her. Uh, so yes, I want to meet the actress, shake her hand, and thank her. And throttle her? Oh, oh. <laughs> she she plays a an amazing villain. You're right, Scott. She is every minute she's on screen, you just hate her, and every time she pops up, she finds a way to make you hate her more and more. Yes, uh, and that's not easy to do. <clears throat> so, God, I'm, yes. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I want to meet her badly. Um, and uh, touching back on something that uh, the doc brought up uh, earlier in the show is something that is is uh, a, a personal I don't know what you call it a pet peeve of mine or something that irks the hell out of me is the fact that because he, he touched on in, in Britain or over in the United Kingdom um, in Europe the uh, the first novel in the series was released as the Philosopher's Stone, and when they brought it to America, they changed the title, and and every reference to the Philosopher's Stone 
in the book was changed to the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, that just pisses me off. That pisses me off so bad. Because they didn't think that Americans would know what the Philosopher's Stone it is, and they're right, uh, which is one of the main things that pisses me off. That we're just so damn uncultured in this in this country, or we're so... Uh, what would you, like... I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but, like, I don't know. We just Stuff from outside doesn't penetrate in for some odd reason. We're in our... We're in a vacuum. We are. We're in this weird cultural vacuum where if it didn't originate from here, 90% of the time, I'm not saying everybody because there are there are people who, who who this doesn't apply to, but on the whole, we don't give a shit if it, if it, if it didn't originate from here. Um, but at the same time, I don't know why they felt it necessary to change it to a sorcerer's stone because we didn't know what the fuck a sorcerer's stone was either because we had to read the book to find out. But I will say that American audiences would be like, ooh, sorcerer's stone. Oh, this is a wizard book. But if you did philosopher's stone, yeah, I feel like a lot of people that read it would be like philosopher, exactly. wizards. Exactly. What the fuck? That doesn't that, even make sense. That, yeah, you're exactly right. That's exactly why they changed it, which means we should all be pissed because of that. Because that entire change from philosopher's stone to sorcerer's stone was nothing but the rest of the world pandering to the inept Americans because they didn't think we would fucking get it. Even yes. if it's explained to us, they pander. Feel the hate flow through you. Literally, the entire rest of the world said, oh, they're fucking Americans. They're not like what they feel. Change it to Sorcerer's Stone so the, the, the nice little stupid children Americans will figure it out. Why we're all not pissed about this, I don't know. Um, yeah, you're going to be really pissed when you find out about the real Mario Brothers, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, also, I don't know if the first movie was ever released under the title Philosopher's Stone, even in Europe. I, I've yet to been able to find that because I've always wanted to. If if it was, I've always wanted a European copy of the movie just so I could have it with that title. But I think even in Europe, the 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 first the first movie was still just Sorcerer's Stone. I believe it is as well, simply because they would have had to shoot every scene twice that exactly. references it. So. Uh, yeah, that costs money quickly, uh, or just or, poorly loop over it. Yeah, just dub it over with a British voice, just going yeah. Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> so that's where we've been. Uh, Jay, spend that time turner uh, forward. Sorry, um, we're going to jump into what we know is coming down the pipeline. Um, unless you guys want to talk about the stage play at all. No, no. Okay, just making sure. Uh, um, that, I had that a was, half a page of notes about it, but okay. That was the yeah. one about Harry, Harry's kid, right? So, hold on. Yes, I, I they, believe you're right. Uh, yeah. Harry they, Potter and the Cursed Child, stage yeah. from 2016 in two parts, which is essentially the eighth novel. Yes. Yeah, and it was it was released after the stage play opened, right? Like like as not not as a full novel, but it was released in print. They released. There's two versions. I, I love this one. I was doing research. They, they did release the full stage play, but there are two editions. One is the um, pre-rehearsal copy, and the other one released later was the uh, after notes, after rehearsal, actual like final. But we would call if it was a movie, we'd call it the final shooting script. Um, but the final book uh, of the um, 
the stage play. Um, but it started in London, and it is in uh, New York, I believe, right now. But obviously not right now because pandemic. Um, but it is, yes, it's about Harry's uh, son and his first year at Hogwarts. Set 19 years after Deathly Hollows. Uh, Albus Severus is headed off to Hogwarts for his first year. He befriends the uh, kid named Scorpius, which is a terrible fucking name for a kid, but uh, it's Draco Malfoy's son. Um, They get their hands on a time turner and shenanigans ensue. Um, It uh, it was pretty successful, uh, despite having basically sort of mixed reaction with Harry Potter fans. Uh, Some love it, some hate it, some just call it fan fiction, which I guess technically it is. Um, But it is, I believe, canon, so got that going for it. I think it's canon. I don't know. It hasn't officially been not made canon. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. With, with, with his kid, and I knew it wasn't like a full novel like all the rest, but I didn't know all the details on, on how, how it came to be and what it was. So uh, so how long do you think it'll be before it's uh, down here at the Lexington Opera House? <laughs> we'll get to that uh so well okay uh as far as what we know is coming i'm gonna tiptoe around this i don't want to make myself go on a rant again there is a third installment of the i guess we're calling it fantastic beasts franchise uh currently being shot right now um it's been mired with all kinds of production issues. Obviously, they're shooting during a pandemic, so that got pushed back a bit. Um, they replaced Johnny Depp uh, after the whole uh, "Diddy Diddy Not Abuse His Wife" thing. Um, they're sort of trying to downplay the involvement of J.K. Rowling at this point after she's made uh, some anti-trans statements on her Twitter. Because if J.K. Rowling is good at anything, it's ruining her legacy through Twitter. Um, you know, where she tweets shit out like, uh, oh, no, wizards, before before there was plumbing at Hogwarts, wizards just shit anywhere and then uh, evaporated it with through spells. Thanks, JK, that's a detail we all needed. And then trying to retroactively make her stories woke by saying shit like, oh, no, Dumbledore's gay. Oh, okay. Sure, sure he is. Okay. And yeah, they're Jewish wizards. I didn't talk about them or write about them in the, in the books at all, but here's a tweet about them. Uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> well, yeah, but also she didn't write about Christian uh, wizards or, you know, uh, you know, uh, ones that are Catholic versus the Church, uh, you know, Church of England versus um, Lutheran. versus Lutherans versus Buddhists versus, hey, there is no mention of religion that I'm aware of in, in Harry Potter. Why? Yep. He don't give a shit what religion these people are. Don't care. No. Uh, just like if it was important that Dumbledore was gay, that would have been a part of his character in any of the eight books. Exactly. I don't care if he's gay. Uh, but she's... Yeah. Someone on, on YouTube, and I forget who it was or I would credit them, basically put it this way. like she's She wrote a book in the 90s uh, about straight white kids. And now that it's 2021, she feels bad for writing a novel only about straight white kids and that it wasn't more inclusionary uh, or inclusive. Sorry, I'm making up words now. Uh, and diversive. So she's 
through Twitter trying to go back and retroactively change her books, sort of. Like, no, if, if that was an important character plot point uh, or, you know, a character, important character attribute, it would have been a deal when you wrote them, not years later when you're trying to make yourself look woke on Twitter. Uh, but uh, that whole thing is happening. Uh, David Yates, once again, directing his seventh Harry Potter movie. Woo. Um, I think I, I read somewhere that actually there's a five movie deal. Supposedly. Fantastic Beasts. And I don't know if it's five more or a total of five. Supposedly, it will be a total of five movies. Although Oof. at this point, the thought of three more of these sounds fucking exhausting. Um, I guess there's a bit of hope because Johnny Depp with his stupid contact lenses and pale face and white hair is gone. Uh, he's been replaced by um, Mads Milkinson, who is uh, Le Chiffre in Casino Royale um, and Hannibal on the Hannibal TV show. Have you ever watched that? Great actor. Um, I don't know how much they'll change the role for a new actor coming in and how much will be him picking up with the weird shit Johnny Depp did. I don't know. But um, anything's better than the poor man's uh, dastardly, dick dastardly he was playing in the last movie. Uh, but that's coming at some point. Uh, why not bring back Colin Farrell? Thank you, Jay. Thank you. I mean, if he con the whole second movie, <laughs> no, he was great, and I'm totally with you. That'd be awesome. Like, I, from what I've heard of the movie, like he did an amazing job in that character role. Uh, and then they're just like, "Oh, here's Johnny Depp," and it's just like poor Colin Farrell. Like, give the guy a break. Uh, that nope, 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 nope. Sorry, sorry, nope. No more rants. Sorry. <clears throat> Stand topic, stand topic. <laughs> Wait, I kind of want to hear the rant. Okay, so at the end of the movie, they reveal that Graves, this whole time, who was someone who has carried on conversations with the entire American Ministry of Magic, or whatever the fuck they're supposed to be called, and is, is like the right-hand man of the American Magic President Lady. People know him. He's an established character. People know Graves. And then it's revealed that it was Grindelwald. But there is no clarification on was Graves ever a real person? Did did Grindelwald make him up and like memory charm people to think they knew him? Was he just drinking Polyjuice Potion and we didn't see it the whole time? Was Graves a real person? If so, what happened to the real Graves? Is he dead? Was he a follower of Grindelwald who like volunteered like, hey dude, just take over my life. That'll help you out, right? Like we don't fucking know because Graves is never talked about again. I mean, it's it's just like uh, it, it's just like what they did with uh, Colonel Ty in the Battlestar Galactica reboot. We we get all the way through the series, and then oh, Colonel Ty has been a Cylon this whole time. Well, if he was, then was he a Cylon back during the old Cylon Wars when he and Adama were coming up through the ranks together? Because they've known each other since then. If he wasn't, was there a real Colonel Ty? What happened to him? When did he get switched where Adama didn't know anything about it? Hey, look at that. It's the exact same shit. This is not a new plot hole. This happens in movies and TV shows all the fucking time. Bastards. Because of lazy writing. 
Yeah. What but, season of Galactica was that in? Which which of the three seasons of Battlestar Galactica was that in? I don't remember that happening. And the only three seasons of that show that exist. <clears throat> Sorry. Watch, Sorry. Feature, one of the deleted seasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> deleted season. God, I wish we could do that. Um, speaking of seasons, sorry, I'm trying to keep this train rolling. Um, <laughs> and this, we can get into some, into some speculation a little bit. Well, actually, let me hold on. Let me, uh, let me pump the brakes. Uh, too many notes. Okay. We are also getting, at some point, uh, I believe in 2022, a brand new Harry Potter video game called Hogwarts Legacy. An action RPG set in the late 1800s in the Wizarding World. Uh, a single-player action RPG game from Avalanche Software, the guys who made uh, Disney Infinity. Uh, you play as a new student at Hogwarts. You get to choose your house. You get to visit Hogsmeade Village in the Forbidden Forest. You can cast spells, brew potions, tame magical beasts, and mag- master other combat abilities. Includes a morality system. Uh, and I found this interesting. The website FAQ now includes an entry stating that J.K. Rowling is not directly involved in the development of this game. So, so yeah, the, the first thing that pops into my head, and the only question that I have is, will this be VR compatible? <laughs> you know, no. Well, then fuck it. Okay. I can't put on a VR headset and walk into Hogwarts and walk around Hogwarts, then I don't want it. And you know why I say no, Scott? Oh, that would be awesome. It would be awesome. So my heart just feels like, no, we're not going to get that. I mean, Harry Potter is <laughs> Harry Potter is a franchise that just cries out for a fully immersive VR game. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, casting spells is 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 done by hand gestures. Uh, there, there is a vocal component, of course, and so you you can have the vocal component in, in the game, but. But anything where you're actually moving around, you know, your hands and, and everything and interacting with the world is is straight up VR. Uh, being able to walk around Hogwarts would be awesome. Being able to go to, to uh, the, the, the the whole village thing, whatever that is. Hogs, is it Hogsmeade? Hogsmeade. Hogsmeade. Is that the village or is that just the, the, the tavern? No, that's the, the village is Hogsmeade. The tavern is the Leaky Cauldron? Yeah. No. No, that's in uh, Diagon Alley. The Three Broomsticks? That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you, you see what I mean. I mean, this, this, this cries out yeah. to have a no. fully immersive VR game. Scott, yeah. that sounds amazing, and it sounds like a no-brainer, which is why I'm going to say no. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute, uh, Scott. <laughs> yes. Hold on a second. Yes. You see, I, I think you're... I think you're incorrect in your statement that uh, casting spells requires a vocal component because I saw Deathly Hallows Part 2 and they were just swinging their wands all willy-nilly shooting stuff out of them without yeah, I, saying anything. Uh, some of them are saying stuff, but I, I agree with you. that That's one of the, the complaints that I have with the movies is that literally they, by the time you get late in the movies, um, they, they've literally taken... It goes from having specific gestures that you have to do for each spell to, hey, let's just point our wands at things that have blaster bolts come out of them. Literally, they're just, they're just, they're just pew pew sticks. So, thank, you for saying this, thank you for saying pew pew stick. 
they're pure snakes. By the time they're, they're literally just, they're not even like doing different gestures or anything. They're literally just flicking their wands at the other person and just bolts come out of them. That's that's why I, I brought hey, it up, Scott. I can do you one better, Scott. <laughs> at least they're using a wand. That's very because true. Because in Fantastic Beasts, uh, Graves slash Grindelwald, whatever he is, just mm-hmm. uses his hand. I mean, he has a wand, but, but there are multiple times he just uses his hand. I don't know. Hey, uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's Americans. That out. It's Americans. What are you going to do? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Those damn Americans. Uh, shit. They don't understand what a philosopher's stone is. Of course they don't <laughs> use wands. Um, if you get a splinter from your wand and it's in your finger, can you use your? Never mind. Sorry, sorry. Um, one last thing to get out in the what's coming before we get to what'll be the much more fun segment, which is what we want to see. Um, it, HBO, uh, which is is part of Warner Brothers, uh, through massive corporate takeovers, uh, has not officially confirmed, but hasn't not officially confirmed. Uh, that they're working on an HBO Max streaming series uh, that may or may not, that definitely is, but might not be in development. No details about story, uh, but, quote, broad ideas have been discussed, unquote. So, with the video game and the Fantastic Beast sequels that apparently we're getting three more of, and a potential streaming service, keep that all in the back of your mind, let's get to the fun shit, what do we want to see from the wizarding world going forward? I can uh, start. Okay. <laughs> so, streaming series. Okay, cool. Sounds like a great idea. Uh, Disney is knocking it out of the park lately with Mandalorian and WandaVision taking Star Wars and, and uh, Marvel and bringing them into their streaming service as, you know, weekly episodic entertainment. That could easily work very, very well with the Harry Potter franchise. Again, J.K. Rowling, whatever flaws she she has, does a great job of world building. And there's a lot to this world that we haven't really explored in uh, visual medium yet. So, lots of lots of cool characters who we meet and and you know they're there for a movie or two and then they disappear or maybe they died off. Uh, Plenty of characters and locations and ideas to explore. That being said, I'm going to pitch the one I want to see. This is my Obi-Wan Kenobi of Wizarding World stories. Okay? HBO streaming series following the adventures of a, a young, newly christened Auror as he begins his what will become storied career fighting against the forces of evil and dark magicians the mad eye moody tv series that would be awesome i would love to see yeah uh young mad eye moody of course the problem is he's not going to be mad eye yet he won't have his eye see to me that's the end of season one he loses the eye yep i can see that um yeah i would uh i'd watch the hell out i would too hmm who would you cast as a young Mad-Eye Moody? That is the next question I was going to toss out there. I don't know. Carl fucking Urban. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, 
<laughs> Actually, we throw his name around a lot on this show, and sometimes jokingly and sometimes not. But to me, he is he is a chameleon of an actor and could probably pull it off. Uh, Alan Tudyk. I don't see it. You don't see it? Nah, not for that role. I mean, Alan oh. Tudyk in, in the Harry Potter series, absolutely. But as Mad-Eye Moody, I don't see that. Because Mad-Eye has a gruffness to him, and I don't see Alan Tudyk as being gruff. Mm. Maybe he became gruff. No, no, don't. No, get the fuck out of here with that shit. I hate, I hate that shit. He looks nothing like what you think he does, but we'll get there eventually, maybe. No, no, fuck that. All right. He should be a cranky old man at age 24. <laughs> uh, so clearly a play by Carl Urban. Yeah. yeah I, I, no, I don't know. Um, the one, and I, I didn't write down the actor's <laughs> name. Uh, let me frantically IMDB him real quick. Uh, but uh, the actor who played Rob Stark in Game of Thrones first two seasons. Oh, okay. I could see him playing a young Mad Eye Moody. I was I was looking at pictures of Mad Eye here, seeing if I could get some kind of um, inspiration for it. Nothing's really coming to mind because I'm a I'm a horrible horrible person, and I'm not. Oh, gonna... uh, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna throw this out there. You won't recognize his name, John Bradley, uh, but Samuel Tarley from Game of Thrones. I assume he's not quite as big as Sam actually was, or if he as he lost I weight. Honestly, have no idea. Yeah, he he's a little. I mean, if he if he was skinnier, yeah, because because I mean, Mata is not big. He just wears a lot of clothing. You know, with the, the, the shirt, the vest, and then the jacket on top of it, it pads him out. Um. <clears throat> well, what I think would be neat from a streaming service uh, okay. would be, and this is inspired from our conversation about 90s TV shows, and you started reading the, the Twitter feed for... Jerry Seinfeld today. Mm -hmm. Um, I get on my phone on Facebook sometimes because, you know, when you search so many things so many times on Google, it's like, oh, he must like this stuff. So I get these like Harry Potter um, fan fiction, like reblogs on Reddit Uh that pop up. And one that pops up a lot would be the Marauders. So uh, what is it? Wormtail, Prongs, Mooney, and Padfoot. Padfoot. So, um, James Potter, Sirius Black, um, oh Lupin. God, Lupin, and what's his face? Uh, Wormtail. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know, snivelly little bastard. Um, but, like, I think it'd be interesting to see some of the stories, like, of them and their adventures of them being friends. Because that's a lot of stuff that was cut out of that movie. 
mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like because they never you never know who the, you never learn who the marauders are in the movie unless you read the book and right or why the map was made yeah and i think that a lot of that would be pretty interesting to sort of explore i dig it uh the obvious thing that people have been asking about with this streaming series and i'm kind of on the fence on this because it's going to happen eventually um but is this just a i want to say remake but re-adaptation of the original harry potter novels as an hbo streaming service or streaming series excuse me um on the one hand my knee-jerk reaction is no fuck that however if you're going to do Harry Potter, if you're going to reboot Harry Potter, I think the only way to properly do it and give it justice and, and let everything to explore all the different alleys you can go down in those books is to do it as a streaming service and not limit yourself to the two and a half hour runtime of a movie. Give yourself 10, 12 hours in a season to adapt a book. So I can see that working. I don't know if now's the time to do it. What do you guys? Yeah, because you you could very well have seven seasons right there. Then oh, uh, seven plus easy. Yeah, I mean once but, you, those books get thick, man. Yeah, but I I do I would say that in the later seasons, when you start getting into Deathly Hallows, you're gonna have some very very boring, very very boring episodes um very boring it'll be like it'd be like the episodes of i know you don't watch it but it'd be like the episodes of dragon ball z where goku is dead and on that little planet training to eventually go back to earth and i'm sorry eventually hopefully win you could have just said any episode of dragon ball z is boring oh 30 episodes Uh, I was going to say, like, season two, Walking Dead boring. That was horrible. That's, yeah. that's, that's actually what killed me on the series. I never really watched it. killed a lot of people on the series. Much past season two. Um, you know, I, I don't know. A, a complete series uh, streaming reboot of, of the Harry Potter story wouldn't be bad. But personally, what I what I would like to see so because we're looking at you know hbo is the is is currently where the the, everything resides and that that's who's looking at it right yes um of course they had game of thrones everybody loved game of thrones and 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 such and they they really haven't replaced game of thrones with anything for that that genre you know um and now amazon is currently working on their uh lord of the rings series so if that is like three different Game of Thrones spin-offs in development, so yeah, spin we're working on. But what I would really love to see uh, is I would abandon all the characters and everything that we've seen from the Voldemort War. Uh, we've seen shit tons of that. We've got the movies and everything like that. Okay, I would love to actually go way back to, you know. Uh, medieval times back when witches and wizards were being persecuted I want to see the formation of the wizarding world I want to see how the wizards get together all the magic users get together and 
secure themselves from the rest of the world to ensure their survival. I would watch the shit out of that, especially if your main characters are the heads of the four houses of Hogwarts, because we're told. Yes, yes. Uh, exactly. Well, I... We never really see any of that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Then, then once again, you're not beholden to anything that's come before. You don't have to worry about stepping on anybody's toes uh, or anything else like that. You know, now. Well... Barring a full reboot, because a full reboot can do whatever it wants, but you know, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about trying to make a series of the Marauders or when you know um, uh, all of them were in school and contradicting something that was said here or said there. You don't have to worry about. It. You just... uh, sorry, sorry. Fantastic Beast already does that. So <clears throat> go ahead. Okay. But see, uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, people going, oh, that, that's not how that worked. You don't have to worry about people Star Trek fanning it up. No, I'm totally with you. Um, same, you know, I think we feel the same way about Star Wars, which is just get away from, in Star Wars, we talk about like the trilogies, but like get away from the core Harry Potter storyline. There's plenty. And that's, again, one of the things I will give Fantastic Beasts credit for is it's, it's 60 some years before those events even start. Great. Awesome. Do something with that. Uh, there's, there's, you know, or call me crazy. Uh, go past the Harry Potter stuff. Uh, I don't necessarily think you should make Cursed Child a movie, but if you're looking for content and you don't want to spend a shit ton of money, uh, Hamilton was a huge hit for Disney Plus. Uh, when, it, when it aired finally this summer, I would love to get the original cast uh, at the original stage uh, to do a taped or filmed performance of The Cursed Child, um, where it's presented as a stage play, not as a movie, because uh, I, I haven't seen it, obviously, but everyone who's seen it says oh, it works so well live, it doesn't work as well we are just reading words on the page, you have to see it performed. Cool. Do that. Like That'd be cool. Um, but I also had the idea, Scott, of the same idea, but go the different direction of, of, uh, we've, cause the Harry Potter novels don't take place in the same year they were released. They all take place around like the mid nineties. Right. Um, so show us what's going on with Hogwarts now. It doesn't have to be the kids of Harry and Hermione and all them, but just show us what's up with Hogwarts in 2020, whatever, What's the wizarding world like now? You know, th those movies were made in an era before smartphones. What's the wizarding world look like with, you know, TikTok? <laughs> what What is the wizarding world social uh, media app? Well, you know, questions like that, that the audience demands to know. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the big question that always got on my nerves as I was reading the books and watching the movies and everything. And this is one of the, the things that I, I, I can't ask this question because when you ask this question, people get upset with me is you've got these kids that are, that are taking it. When, when do they get their, their, uh, their, their letters when they're like 10, 12, 12. Right, so they're 12 years old. <clears throat> they get taken from their families and they go to this boarding school to learn how to be wizards. And they're there until they're 18, right? 
Well, not full time, but yeah. Yeah. Well, but I mean, they're they're pretty yeah. much most of the time. Yeah, it's a boarding school. Yeah. So who is teaching these kids how to add and count and spell and you know normal skills? Yeah, you don't need that shit. Scott, the the best answer I can give there is uh, those are the classes that are just too boring to denote screen time to. I see. I I, I don't I don't got anything. Because otherwise, because that class load on top of wizarding class load, I mean, they, they, they'd just be in fucking class 24-7. See, and again, this goes right back to what I was saying, uh, is what makes this world awesome is that it, it's the whole other world you didn't know about thing of, like, just, just out of reach of the world we live in, you know, just behind that alleyway, if you knock in the right corners on the right bricks, there's this whole other magical world. Of all this cool stuff. And it's a total fantasy. It's awesome. The more you try to apply real world logic to it, the more or the less it, it makes any fucking sense. Because of exactly what you just said, Scott. Like, okay, cool. So they're learning potions and fortune telling uh, and uh, Leviosa. Uh, when, yeah, when do they learn math and how to read? Uh, yeah. Do they have to know that before they come? Is it like a prerequisite? Uh, if if you haven't already completed your GED by your time you're 12, you can't come. How does that work? I agree, and, and I mean, you know, even though the wizarding world is 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 kept secret from the rest of the world, so that wizards and stuff aren't aren't, aren't persecuted. <clears throat> clearly, they interact with the regular world because the Minister of Magic and the Minister of Muggles know each other. In fact, there's this whole thing when the new minister of Muggles comes in, a new prime minister of England, basically, comes in. They, they, they have this whole meeting to inform him on what's going on. So obviously, there's some kind of governmental, you know, the, the government is at least on some some level aware that these people still exist. So when, when, these, when these kids are kicked out of school and they become wizards, um, do they still have to pay taxes? Do they know how to pay taxes? I mean, obviously, do they pay in coin of the realm or the gold that you have in your bank account at um, Green Guts? Is that acceptable currency? And also, I mean, obviously, there's some differentiation because uh, 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 Mr. Weasley doesn't know how a phone works because he has Hermione tell her how to tell him how a phone works uh, at one point. You know, and he works in the Department of Muggle Affairs, so he should know, right? He should know. He should be the one that knows how a, a, a Muggle phone works. Anyway, yeah. I think <laughs> that's what the show is all about. Uh, oh, so uh, my idea about uh, the Hogwarts now, uh, my, my big thing there is I feel like the franchise has kind of lost its way. It's so again, it started as books for kids, and even those books got thicker and thicker. Uh, both figuratively and literally, uh, as the subject matter got darker and darker and grim, um, which worked out okay because a lot of your reading base, again, grew up with the books, literally grew up with the books, so it, it, it worked out okay. But again, you go back and look at some of the stuff that happens in those movies and in those books and in the, in the, the current slate that we're getting, the Fantastic Beasts movies, 
Um, Fantastic Beast Part 2 features not one, but two dead babies. For kids. Yay. I feel like we've lost a little bit of focus uh, chasing after those those adult nerds who grew up with the franchise. We've forgotten to plant seeds with the kids uh, and make it fun and enjoying and magical again. Uh, so, again, my, my idea for, like, you know, a new class of Hogwarts set in present day, uh, make it, make the tone kid-friendly. Uh, and I'm not saying dumb it down for kids, but keep the tone at, like, a PG, maybe PG-13. Uh, less dead babies, less uh, giant snake skull things in the sky, uh, and just about the fun of living in the wizarding world. Yep. yep. I feel like we've really, really gotten away from that. Uh, I mean, this, this last Fantastic Beast movie features like the you know, precursor to World War II and, and references to genocide. And again, <laughs> we get the American, um, whatever it's called, Congress of Magic, uh and what what cool awesome room in this building do we get to discover is it like the the that cool hall of prophecy in the the ministry of magic nope nope it's the magical execution chamber wow thanks jk that was really what we wanted to see like i feel like just the tone uh and, and i'm not saying that we shouldn't do things for adults because that's what's great about again the world that was built is that it can support both. It can be fun and whimsical for kids and it can scale up and get darker and heavier for adults. It can be both things, but it should be a balance of those uh, at, at any stage. It should be a balance of those. And I feel like we've gotten really off balance. As long as they're quirky and British. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I would love to see a, a streaming series uh, or a movie or whatever uh, that should be the Fantastic Beast we should have got, which is literally just Pokemon, um, the wizard version, where Newt is just going all around the world, finding these crazy uh, beasts and collecting them and learning about them and like give us cool exotic settings. Maybe, and again, that whole idea of the circus and like poachers and whatnot, maybe... Uh, he's 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 got a, a recurring villain who's also looking for these beasts, but he wants to like catch them and cage them and put them on display. And Newt like you know wants to save them and preserve them and, and put them back in their habitats. Uh, plenty of potential in that character in that storyline. Maybe some of the new movies will get back on that. I kind of doubt it, um, but I would love to see that series. Gotta catch them all, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, and if you're looking. For a toyetic property warner, huh? Sell that merch. There you go. Uh, sell, sell little plushies yeah. of all your. You, your you could sell. Uh, you could sell Newt's Pokeball. I mean, briefcase. Yeah. So, so are we not going to address the coining of the word toyetic? No, I'm a math teacher, Scott. Okay. Do you want to talk Batman and Robin on our Harry Potter episode? Toyetic. I don't know. Toyetic. Toyetic property. Uh, it's interesting. <laughs> yep. Phrased by the executives. Yeah, it seems to be toyetic. Toyetic. That? It means we need to be able to make toys out of shit. 
It's toy-etic. like poetic, but it's toyetic. <clears throat> yeah. So your, your main character has to have at least three outfits that are all distinguished. Uh, and he, you need to have them in at least four vehicles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Toy needs eight different ones. Uh, <laughs> but even there, like, Harry Potter is an amazingly toyetic property. Uh, if you need further evidence, just come look at my bedroom with the Marauders map I have framed on the wall and the, the wands me and my wife, mostly me, have on the wall. Um, he's got a Time Turner necklace somewhere. Uh, yeah, no, it's a very toyetic property. <laughs> you know, toyetic. There's so many awesome little cool things, you know, gadgets and gizmos and magical things to have. Uh, and hey, that's that's what's keeping Universal afloat right now is... Uh, all the toy sales and whatnot from uh, the, the magical, uh, sorry, the Wizarding World at Harry Potter. We can't say magical. That's the other park in Orlando. It hmm. is stupendously toyetic. Hey, there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, and the Just, last thing I'll, I'll go ahead, Sam, sorry. No, no, go ahead. The last thing I want to see from this franchise is Fire David Yates. Find somebody new. Uh, we're getting into Brian Singer territory, uh, where where Brian Singer, who directed four of the seven X Men movies, uh, who who built up the franchise, let it get run into the ground, built it back up again, and then one movie later ran it back into the ground. And uh, David Yates is kind of getting that like you've you've done enough of them, dude. Just leave. Let somebody else do it. We are available, Warner Brothers. Can you imagine, like, Guillermo del Toro making a Fantastic Beasts movie? You know, someone who likes bright, fun color palettes and crazy monsters and stuff? Just imagine that for a second. Actually, That's what, enough time. Stop imagining it now. What, what we need is we need a Quentin Tarantino Harry Potter movie. It's Warner Brothers. They'll fucking do it. <laughs> we Quentin Tarantino on this shit. No. Do you know what well, they call a Big Mac? In in Hogsmeade, what does Dumbledore look like? <laughs> Say love yourself one more goddamn time. I dare you. Oh. Uh, you know what we really need, John. Sorry, I'm still thinking about Tarantino, Eric Potter now. What do we need, Jay? George's girlfriend refuses to tag her on Facebook in <laughs> any photos with George. George, it's like she's hiding something, Jerry. Jerry, she is. You. You. <laughs> this has been another installment of Modern Seinfeld. Here on Nerd Alert. Okay. Thanks, because I have no so, idea. I'll just jump into. Uh, so our previous episode, uh, Jay and I got down a rabbit hole of there's a Twitter account called Modern Seinfeld, which is just, hey, if Seinfeld was still on here, just like what an episode would be like. But, you know, including like modern culture and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I just every time we'd slow down a bit, I would just read another one off. So thanks, Jay. I'm glad you had that one ready to go. <laughs> Any other 
any, anything else we want to see from this franchise uh, before we call it a night? No, I don't think so. I'm All right, right then. Okay. No, just Fair something enough. new, something fresh. Hey, man, Fantastic Beasts 3, 2022. Woo! From what I've heard, John, I don't think I need to. You see? See, you the first rant, your rant has destroyed any desire he had to see these movies now. Yes, Good, because they're terrible. Scott? Yes? I will watch them for you and to either support or negate John's rant. To negate my rant? What? Nothing. <laughs> well, you you can't actually argue against this rant because I mean he has valid points all through his rant, which is yeah. why I, which is why I don't argue against it. I just say I like the movie. <laughs> Maybe I can I see mean... how toyetic it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then with that, Jay, I'm looking forward to uh, your after action report on whether or not I'm valid. Uh, and uh, Fantastic Beasts. Uh, look, this it, it's, it's a property we all enjoy, and we want to see cool new stuff from it. Um, obviously, I'm not happy with the direction it's going. Some people are just cool to have new stuff. Other people uh, can't watch two movies in two weeks. So there's that going for them. Uh, Ouch. But, yeah. Until <laughs> next time. Let us know, uh, do I seem to get over it and quit uh, griping and, and learn to love Fantastic Beasts? Do you like our show spinoff ideas? Are there uh, other avenues you'd love to see done? Are you excited for Hogwarts Legacy, the video game? Do you want to see Scott's, Scott's VR game? I know I do. Uh, let us know what you think. And until next time, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.